This is Mike Pearson. Thanks for listening to Agriculture of America. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, this is AOA, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Now, here's your host, Mike Pearson. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in to AOA here on this Tuesday. And I tell you what, folks, if it sounds a little bit different here in your car radio today, if it sounds like I'm outside and a little upbeat, that's because I am and I am. I am sitting in the midst of corn and soybean plots up in scenic Cedar Falls, Iowa, here on the Anuvia Future of Fertilizer Tour. We're going to be talking to the team from Anuvia throughout today's episode. We're also going to check in with Jackie Fatka, our policy editor friend from Farm Progress about some of the developments that have come in Washington, D.C. here over the past week. But first of all, folks, let's talk about what I'm doing here in this field. Joining me to do that is Brett Bell. He's the executive vice president in charge of sales at Anuvia. And Brett, fill us in. What are we doing here in this cornfield in Cedar Falls, Iowa today? Mike, first of all, thanks for being here. We're excited to have you. We are on our third of six stops where we're hosting technology showcases, if you will, for growers all across the country. We're taking the industry on a journey of change. And the change we're trying to usher in is using advanced microbials in combination with bio-based dry fertilizer in an effort to drive crop yields, improve soil health, and improve environmental outcomes for growers across the country. Now. That is a tall order, Brett. You just talked about a whole number of different things, and we're doing all of this through Anuvia and your product, Simtrex, and of course, it's its subsequent generations, which are all very exciting. For listeners who may be unfamiliar with the name Anuvia, Brett, fill us in. How long have you guys been around? Anuvia is an ag tech startup formed in 2015. We are currently based in Florida. Um, the first pilot plant, Mike, to, to prove the commercial concept of taking organic feedstocks and manufacturing enhanced efficiency fertilizer um, started in 2015. We proved the concept over the subsequent years and in 2019, we needed a bigger plant. We proved that the technology works. We were on over several million acres in the United States and it was time to ramp up. Because if you're gonna serve large scale agriculture, which in Nubia's mission is to develop sustainable solutions for large scale ag, i.e. corn in Iowa, you need a big plant. And so we reached out to Mosaic and through a strategic partnership leased one of their facilities in Florida. And now we have access to a manufacturing facility that will make over 1.2 million tons a year. That is pretty incredible. And Brett, you said something there, and I think it's it's really the crucial part of the conversation we're having today, which is the feedstock that Anuvia is using to create this fertilizer is very different. Fill us in on the background of, of what comprises Simtrex. So we start with organic feedstocks. And if you're an Iowa, think of livestock manure. That's the best corollary for, for farmers in the state of Iowa. So we, we can take an organic waste, organic feedstock like livestock manure. We put it through a very aggressive hydrolysis process, break it down to the amino acid and peptide level. And when we're done with that process, we have a 40 weight motor oil, if you will. We then introduce organic, excuse me, organic, like anhydrous ammonia, sulfuric acid. And when we're done, we have a dry granule that's 16 to 17% organic in form through that organic feedstock. And then it also has nitrogen by virtue of the anhydrous we used, sulfur by virtue of the sulfuric acid, and then we do have a product that also has phosphorus. It's incredible. And all of this has been coming out. You guys have been creating these products here over the past five or six years. Brett, I've got to ask, looking at the crop nutrient portfolio globally, we have a ton of options. Why should a farmer look to Simtrax to address some of the challenges they're seeing on their field? That's the question that we're here to help answer for farmers. And really, it's, th it's three things. When you use Simtrax on your farm, get more yield per unit of nutrition. And we've demonstrated that over the last five years through third-party research with uh, universities and contract researchers. Secondly, not only do we improve yields, we also improve soil health by virtue of that organic component. We call it the organic matrix. We're not only feeding the crop, but we're feeding the soil microbiome. And that's an emerging topic that, that's getting a lot of attention. A lot of people want to know how to you know, create healthier soils as they grow their food. And so not only do we drive yields, but we feed the soil and the soil microbiome. 
Third is the environmental outcomes. By virtue of using Simtrax, a producer on a corn acre, let's just focus on corn for, for today because we're in Iowa, they can reduce their greenhouse gas, gas footprint by approximately 10% simply by replacing synthetic nutrition with Simtrax. That's incredible. Brett, you mentioned that's the improvement on the corn acre side of the ledger, but corn's not the only crop that Syntrax can be used for. What other crops have you seen success with this product? So Mike, I mentioned this is the third of six. Um, two weeks ago, we were in North Carolina. Um, we were in Georgia after that. So the crops that we really serve today in North America, corn, cotton, rice, sugar beets, winter wheat, and then if you get into Canada, um, we're on a number of canola acres. Those are the crops that we focus on. Now we're looking at soybeans here today. That's a crop that we're bringing into the portfolio. We're doing more research on soybeans. We see a, a positive response in soybeans as well. But at the, at the end of the day, any crop that a producer's growing, whether it's one that I mentioned or there's several others out there, sweet potatoes, for instance, Simtrex does a really nice job of replacing synthetic nutrition, helping that farmer get all the benefits, better better yields, healthier soils, and better environmental outcomes. And you've got all that utilizing the feedstocks that you folks at, at Anuvia have identified. And now let's talk next generation. You're taking that initial organic feedstock component and we're adding a little bit more, taking it to the biologicals. What's coming with Centrex XP? That's a great question, Mike. So the reason why we're holding these tours is we're taking the industry on a journey of change. And in essence, we're going to take the bio-based granule that we developed in 15 and 16 and through the combination of advanced microbials that comes to us through a partnership we developed with Novozymes. Novozymes is a Danish company. We believe they're the foremost leader in, in advanced microbials. We're going to take their advanced microbials, put them on our bio-based granule. And in doing so, we will start to deliver additional nutrition to the crop without the need for additional synthetic nutrition. So if you jump to three years from now, we will essentially take our Simtrex 20S, which is the 171020 sulfur, and we'll double the nutritional effectiveness solely through the addition of these microbials in successive waves. Year one is, to, is this year in 2023. The product that we've, we put into this plot, and we have several commercial trials across the country is Simtrex 20S XP delivers an additional 10 units of phosphorus. Next year, we'll add another 10 units of phosphorus for 20. The year after that, we're gonna bring in 20 units of nitrogen. That is incredible. To see this kind of advances coming on the backs of biological sciences that, that really 10 years ago were, were a hot topic, but my goodness, they, they didn't seem to have this kind of potential. And yet here we are. Brett, we've got just a few minutes left with you. We're gonna talk the science behind Anuvia's Simtrex with Dan Freilich here in segment two. But before we let you go, Brett, where can folks go to get more information on the future fertilizer tour and the dates that are coming up yet and Simtrex in general? Several places. They can go to futurefertilizer.com and find the upcoming locations. Tomorrow we're in Illinois, Farmer City. Thursday we're in Sheridan, Indiana, which is north of Indianapolis. And next week we're in Barrett, Minnesota. They can go to the website to find the details. Um, they can also talk to the local retailer. We've done a lot of work advertising through our local retailer where these tours are at and how to access them. Fantastic. Okay, we'll be talking to a local retailer here from Northeast Iowa at the end of the show today. So stick around. We'll be talking with Dan Freilich from Anuvia when AOA returns. Hi, this is Mike Pearson. You're listening to AOA, Agriculture of America. Don't go away. More AOA coming right up. The American Coalition for Ethanol is hosting its 35th annual conference in Omaha, Nebraska, Wednesday, August 10th through Friday, August 12th. This must-attend event for industry leadership features timely updates on ethanol public policy, market development, board of director training, and more. This event combines the detail of high-level training courses with all the fun of a family reunion. For event details, visit ethanol.org. That's ethanol.org. Choose the proven performance of the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, featuring high-yielding Extend Flex soybeans and the exceptional weed control of Extend to Max herbicide with vapor grip technology. Elite genetics, triple herbicide tolerance, flexibility that delivers results, backed by 25 years of innovation. That's the Roundup Ready Extend crop system. 
the system of choice. Extendamax is a restricted-use pesticide. Always follow stewardship practices, all pesticide label directions, and check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state. They say if you listen hard enough, you can hear the corn grow. It's true. When you're out in the field, you understand its challenges and what it needs to thrive. Channel Seedsmen bring insights from the field to our team of Bayer plant breeders. Their knowledge inspires our product development. From your best ground to your most challenging conditions, our products are designed to perform in your fields. Visit ChannelListens.com to see our latest innovations. Always read and follow IRM where applicable. Grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Are you looking to improve crop nutrition and soil health? Anuvia Plant Nutrients is holding several Future of Fertilizer field tours across the Midwest. The first tour stop is Cedar Falls, Iowa on Tuesday, August 2nd, where Agriculture of America will be broadcasting live. The tour continues in Farmer City, Illinois on August 3rd and Sheridan, Indiana on August 4th. For more information on dates and locations and to reserve your spot, visit us at FertilizerTour.com. That's FertilizerTour.com. You are not your diagnosis. A medical chart is not your identity. And vision loss does not define you. Your drive shows who you are. And you are not alone. Because we are driven too. To be a beacon of strength. A champion of courage. An advocate for hope. You are not alone. Because we are stronger together. We drive the research for the cures we are finding. We're fighting macular degeneration, retinitis pigmentosa, Usher syndrome, and the entire spectrum of blinding retinal diseases. We fund. We fight. We win. We, 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 we are, are the, the Foundation, Foundation Fighting, fighting blindness. blindness. Together, we are fighting blindness. Join the fight at fightingblindness.org. You're listening to AOA, Agriculture of America. This is Mike Pearson, and you can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Keeping America's farmers and ranchers informed on AOA. Now back to Mike Pearson. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in to AOA today. If you're just joining us this morning and you notice it sounds a little different, if you hear some fresh air in the microphone, that's because I am indeed outside. I am sitting amongst corn and soybean plants outside Cedar Falls, Iowa, on the Anuvia Future of Fertilizer Tour. We just talked with Brett Bell about some of the history of Anuvia, and now I'm curious about the science behind the products that Anuvia has created to help us get pointed in the right direction on these thorny scientific topics is Dr. Dan Fralick. He's the Vice President of Product Development there at Anuvia. Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. Nice to be here, Mike. So we're talking about Simtrex. We're talking about this product created from the, the waste streams of the other world and put onto our fields. Dan, where did this idea come from and how long has Anuvia been developing this technology? So the, the technology started uh, with three people, one uh, a PhD chemist uh, about 12 years ago. He started the process, did some pilot work, and then it evolved into a pilot plant. Uh, and then we started uh, manufacturing more larger scale in 2015, selling it in 2016, 2017. Uh, and, and now we've moved to a large scale production where we can produce 1.2 million tons a year. That is incredible. And Dan, it, it, you're moving to this advanced production facility at just the right time, it would seem to me, as I think back of the fertilizer industry over the past two years, there's been so much global turmoil that has changed the way fertilizer moves from country to country. And with Anuvia, you guys bring a little different perspective because it's all created right here in the U.S. It's not coming from overseas, any, any part of the fertilizer, is it? That's correct. Yeah. And, and it solves a couple of problems. One is how do you deal with organic waste, uh, animal waste, food waste? Uh, we can utilize almost any source of, of waste products. And uh, we're basically, instead of it going into a landfill or being applied directly to the field where there's some limitations in areas, we're, rec uh, we're recycling that uh, technology. Unlike other organic fertilizers, we're 
we're not trying to uh, recover nutrients out of the uh, uh, organics. We're trying to, we're using that, if you will, kind of like a docking station with the uh, organic component, and we're attaching the nutrients to those uh, that we want in our individual products. That seems like that's a key point to make. You're, you're not gathering these feedstocks for their nutritional components. It's not because this hog manure has a lot of N in it. That's not why you want it. You want the carbon to be able to, to put the other products in. Talk to me about how that works and why it works for a fertilizer application. So what we're doing is taking the, uh, the organic component, the raw material, where uh, we react it in a hydrolysis vessel with uh, uh, sulfuric acid and then with anhydrous ammonia. So we're breaking apart these these uh, organic materials into amino acids, uh, enzymes, and then we're rebuilding those by attaching those nutrients on uh, to, the, to the organic component that we have. And the plants are able to, uh, those release over time. So we end up with a slow release component uh, to our product. We also keep the, uh, the, the pH in the material lower, so we keep our nitrogen in the ammoniacal nitrogen form longer instead of uh, being converted to nitrate uh, right away where you can lose it to, to leaching. So uh, it's a lot more environmentally friendly that way. Uh, Brett mentioned the lower greenhouse gas and the production and utilization of it, but we also have less leaching, less volatilization than what you would have with uh, uh, a urea type product or even an ammonium sulfate. We have less leaching and less uh, volatilization than ammonium sulfate. That's pretty incredible. And you've got these advantages at the field level, which of course is a win for growers. And we'll be talking about that throughout the remainder of today's episode. But I want to go a little bit upstream. Dan, as you think about the, the process of creating fertilizers, certainly there are uh, byproducts. I would imagine after you've, uh, you've broken everything down, talk to me a little bit about what that's like. What's left over after you've created some Simtrex? So our product is very unique in the fact that we utilize all of the organics. We break it down, we end up with clean water and clean air and fertilizer is all that comes out of our product. So we don't have a waste stream that we have to dispose of like a, like a sludge or anything like that that uh, some of the other processes uh, use. Even the manufacturing of, of monoammonium phosphate or diammonium phosphate that are commonly used as a phosphate source, they end up with uh, sludge material that they have to treat almost like a toxic waste. Wow. And not having to deal with that is is got to be nice from, from your perspective at Anuvia. One less thing to have to worry about. And then from the environmental perspective, that helps so much. Dan, as you think about why growers are adopting this technology, how has it gone so far? Have you applied some Simtrex across some, uh, some acres already? We have. We've, we've been on over a million acres uh, to date, and uh, we have the capability of uh, being on about 20 million acres uh, at our current production capabilities uh, if we run the plant full scale. Uh, we've done a lot of testing. I'm in charge of the R&D program, so we've tested uh, uh, over 500 trials uh, over the last five years. This is year six of replicated yield trials with both uh, contract researchers and university researchers. Thinking about impact from the farmer's perspective, of course, climate, soil type, all of these things impact uh, nutrient availability in the soil. Where do you see farmers having the best bang by incorporating Simtrex and reducing some of their uh, synthetic fertilizer needs? So we, we test our product kind of using the, the rates that farmers would normally use. We're a plug and play type technology. You don't have to buy new equipment. You don't have to uh, change really what you're doing. It's a dry fertilizer. So it would substitute in for an ammonium sulfate type product or uh, uh, replace some of the MAP or in this part of the country, probably more DAP uh, MAP when you get in Western Iowa. So it's, it's, uh, it can replace some of that component as well. And you mentioned it's plug and play. That is key when we've got farms the size that we have operating the size that we do. We need those efficiencies of scale. Farmers, I imagine, have really liked that part of the uh, the Simtrex experience. They do. And it's uh, we've done testing where we've looked at various applications. A lot of it's broadcast application yet. Some of it incorporated, some of it not. Uh, the action of the planter incorporates it enough. Uh, in a lot of cases, we've also done top dress uh, you know, post applied, and we see very similar results no matter how we put it on. So as our granule breaks down, the uh, the nutrients go down through the worm channels, et cetera, and get down to where the plants need them.
In our first segment, Brett talked about the next generation, Simtrex XB incorporating those advanced microbials. Dan, how is that going to work? Are the microbials literally something you just stick on the granules? Do they just live there like it's their house? That is true. They uh, we're, we're basically uh, a different delivery mechanism for very well-tested uh, uh, advanced microbials from Nozymes. Uh, they've been around. Uh, we have new ones that they're looking at and we're evaluating, but uh, some of the materials have, have been tried and tested uh, with other delivery mechanisms. Uh, we get better coverage. You can put more of the microbials on our product versus like a seed applied. Uh, and we see, uh, uh, you know, as plants grow, they exude organic acids that help make some of the nutrients that are tied up in the soil available, particularly phosphorus. And uh, our generation one material will uh, effectively produce uh, or provide another 10 units of phosphorus so you could put on less phosphorus. Uh, the Gen 2 material will do a, an additional 10 units of phosphorus. And then the Gen 3 material that's a couple years out will uh, provide uh, up to 20 units of nitrogen. So we'll have effective nutrition that will almost double the nutrition of our product without adding any extra uh, inorganic fertilizers to it. Dan, microbials have been a topic of conversation for 10 or 12 years in agriculture, but it seems like they're working their way into the mainstream. Has the science advanced enough in microbials to, to give folks confidence in them? Is that why we're seeing this rollout in a bigger level? It is. We, you know, the, the microbial uh, world has been around for a while, but it's, it was hard to show consistent performance, and that's advanced considerably, and it's one of the reasons we tied up with Novozymes is they've, uh, they've tested this extensively, really high-tech uh, evaluation. We, we trace how much of the microbe survives, because if you put mic microbes on the soil, they may get overrun by what's already in the soil. So we're making sure that ours survive. They're already in the soil. We're enhancing them. And uh, we can track that. We do soil sampling and tissue sampling throughout the year to make sure that we are seeing that. And then ultimately it has to turn into yield and it has to be economically viable. Uh, we look at agronomic feasibility, which is the yield part, and then economic, does it pay for it itself and get you the extra yield. And you've been doing that research for several years. Dan, if we've got listeners who are intrigued, where can they go? Just talk to a seed retailer to, or, or a, a retailer to get more information? Yeah, you can do a couple things. You can talk to the retailers. Uh, uh, most of them are familiar with our product, or you can go on our website as well. And uh, there's a place to ask uh, if you need a, a geek answer, you can send a, a yes. question there, and, and those get directed to me. So, Perfect, folks. Uh, I Give Dr. Those. Dan a call. Check out their website. We'll be back with more AOA after this. Hi, this is Mike Pearson. You're listening to AOA, Agriculture of America. Don't go away. More AOA coming right up. Choose the proven performance of the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, featuring high-yielding Extend Flex soybeans and the exceptional weed control of Extend-to-Max herbicide with vapor grip technology. Elite genetics, triple herbicide tolerance, flexibility that delivers results, backed by 25 years of innovation. That's the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, the system of choice. Extend-to-Max is a restricted-use pesticide. Always follow stewardship practices, all pesticide label directions, and check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state. They say if you listen hard enough, you can hear the corn grow. It's true. When you're out in the field, you understand its challenges and what it needs to thrive. Channel Seedsmen bring insights from the field to our team of bear plant breeders. Their knowledge inspires our product development. From your best ground to your most challenging conditions, our products are designed to perform in your fields. Visit ChannelListens.com to see our latest innovations. Always read and follow IRM where applicable. Grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. You're listening to AOA for the American Ag Network. I'm Jesse Allen reporting. Well, the grains and livestock markets are all trading mostly lower here this morning with the exception of soybean meal as all the eyes are on U.S. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi. For better or for worse, she set up a showdown with China when she scheduled a visit to Taiwan as part of a broader East Asian trip. The anticipated stop at Taiwan happening here over the next few hours and China's response to it will have significant implications for now. The unknown has global stock and commodity traders nervous with money moving to the sideline into safe haven assets here today. 
Now we watch as well crop ratings this week stabilizing and actually going up a little bit in soybeans and in spring wheat here. Actually, we saw more deterioration in the western core belt, but those were offset by gains in the eastern belt. Now heat is expected to ebb and flow in the Midwest, but it will focus primarily on the western ag belt here the next couple of weeks. The eastern belt should see regular opportunities for showers. Some of those showers may occasionally occur in parts of Nebraska and Iowa as well, but totals and coverage are expected to be lacking. Evaporation rates will remain high and there's a lot of a lot of concern right now about the western corn belt here as we move through this first part of august as the heat sets in once again what will that do to crop development and growth we'll be watching it closely Numbers on the board right now, December corn 11 and a half lower, 598 a quarter. November soybeans 18 lower, 1388. Bean meal August up $6 a ton, 493. August bean oil down 82 points, 6541. December Chicago wheat 21 and a quarter lower, 797 at three quarters. December KC wheat down 20 and a quarter, 853 and three quarters. Spring wheat for December down 17 and a quarter at 893. August hogs five higher, 120.50. August feeder cattle down 17, 179.47. August live kettle down 5, 136.72. This is AOA. I'm Jesse Allen. I'll take dig a little, learn a lot for 30 bushels. Soft and crumbly. Tom. How does healthy soil feel to the touch? Correct. Dig a little for 40 bushels. Sweet and earthy. Tom. What does healthy soil smell like? Yes. Go again. Dig a little for 50 bushels. Dark, porous, and alive. Tom. What does healthy soil look like? You win. Understanding the basics and benefits of healthy soil can make your farm a winner too. Through lower input costs, better yields, and drought protection, which can lead to a healthier bottom line for your business. Contact your local Natural Resources Conservation Service office today to find out how you can unlock the secrets in your soil. This message brought to you by USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service and this radio station. This is Mike Pearson. Thanks for listening to Agriculture of America. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Keeping America's farmers and ranchers informed on AOA. Now back to Mike Pearson. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AOA. I am still here, outstanding in my field in Cedar Falls, Iowa, with my friends from Anuvia on the Future of Fertilizer Tour. We'll be checking back in with them here in segment four. But before we do that, I did want to check. We have seen lots of developments in Washington, D.C. over the past two weeks, and it is time to check in with our friend Jackie Fatka, policy editor over at Farm Progress. Jackie, thanks for joining us today. That was great to talk with you, Mike. I want to turn the clock back here about a week. Go back to last Wednesday, Jackie. We had an announcement from uh, from Chuck Schumer and Senator Manchin that they had come to an agreement on basically what was left of the Build Back Better. Now it has been rebranded as the Inflation Reduction Act. Jackie, what does this act mean for agriculture? Should it pass? You know, everyone, I think we thought maybe we had gotten past that Build Back Better, but they are still trying to get some of those provisions in. And this is a scaled back version. But for ag, it looks like it has about $40 billion total that could be redirected at some things that, that ag might be interested in. The biggest part is you know, $20 billion for climate smart ag practices. And a lot of that money is actually through some of the traditional farm bill programs. So $3.25 billion for the Conservation Stewardship Program, CSP, another $8.45 billion for EQIP. Um, a lot of people know that EQIP is oversubscribed, so this would provide some more money to do that. And then also $1 billion for NRCS technical assistance. You know, a lot of focus on some of the programs and in, in, in avenues that we know work. And so that $20 billion is is allocated to some familiar programs, but obviously ones that the folks have seen as, as a ways to address some of the climate concerns and climate mitigation efforts from the ag sector. And then also some praised things for the biofuels industry and renewable energy. Um, this would create some renewable diesel tax credits and also create a sustainable aviation fuel tax credit. So some 
some new tax credits to help prop up some of those industries that could be part of the clean energy solutions. All right, Jack. Yeah, I know you keep your finger on the pulse of the the lobbying bodies that are in Washington, D.C. This bill was announced. It was a surprise, certainly to me. I got the sense it was a surprise to a lot of other farm groups. Have we had much feedback from the agricultural community on the proposals included in this uh, Inflation Reduction Act uh, so far? You know, we haven't seen any of the, you know, the Farm Bureau hasn't taken a stance on it. Uh, we've not, um, you know, the National Council of Farmer Cooperatives, they did come out in support of this, uh, that Chuck Connor, who was the number two at USDA years ago and very involved in some of the discussion on how to target these climate smart ag programs. Um, so they, they did come out in support of it. And, you know, I think, like you, I think everybody was caught by surprise by this kind of backroom deal. But I think that that actually does indicate that it's it's not a sure surefire um, this is going to happen this week. Um, you know, we still don't know where Senator Sinema from Arizona is going to sit with actually supporting this. And even yesterday, there was reports that Senator Manchin, who was part of the deal with Schumer, had had not uh gotten the confirmation from uh, Senator Sinema about where she stands on this. And uh, so I think, and, and we're still waiting, we're still waiting to see what the parliamentarian rules on this. We're still waiting to see uh, where, you know, the, the joint tax committee has actually said that it could increase taxes on those who make less than 400,000. So the jury is still out. This is not across the finish line as any policy goes with politics involved. There's a lot still at play with what with what we could see on this. Absolutely, Jackie. And I know politics isn't what you like to talk about, but I'm going to ask you a politics question. This particular act, if it moves forward, it would be like Build Back Better back in December, passed under reconciliation. And if, if I understand correctly, and that means it only needs 50 senators to get across the finish line. Is that right? That's right. And the tie-breaking vote would come from uh, Vice President Harris. Um, and so that would, yes, they would need all 50 Democrats. It would, And that is also why the parliamentarian has to look over this, because if it doesn't have something to do, uh, you know, the Build Back Better, there were some provisions on immigration that they actually had to strip out of that to make it uh, apply to the reconciliation rules. And so they're still waiting to see if any of these provisions actually are, are not allowed underneath that reconciliation process. But yes, it, it allows just a 50-50 vote in the Senate straight majority rather than the 60 that normally would have to come on other items of business that usually had to cross the finish line in the Senate. All right. And so timing still under discussion in the Senate. Is there a deadline they need to have this bill done by or are we just watching for the election, Jackie? You know, I think everyone really uh you know, and we've talked about this before, August recess, you know, everyone's got to go home. And that's why there was this kind of push right here this week uh, that they would try to pass something before they went home for the August recess. You do have some time yet this fall, but, you know, the elections and campaigning do take up a lot of air of just this time for folks. And so you just don't have as many legislative days. Now, the Senate's not near as much, you know, every only a third of the senators are up for re-election, where in the House, everybody is up for re-election. So the Senate may have some more work days yet this fall uh, and being able to work that. But, you know, I feel like every day that gets closer to election is less likely that you would see this unless they really feel like this could be a huge win to help some people ahead of those elections. So maybe you, you strike a deal because you've got some key ones. But, you know, Senator Manchin's been up for election this year um, and and cinema is not either. So, I, I, you know, this we're still waiting, but I I feel like every day that passes is is less likely that that we would see this just because you do have people that could use this against against others um, or, you know, some Democrats see this as something that they've got to pass before. So yes, politics, but I feel like every day that passes, it's, it's less likely to actually get across the finish line. All right. So that's the Inflation Reduction Act from basically the Senate Democrats. And then, Jackie, on the Republican side of the ledger, of course, they are uh, equally, if not more concerned about inflation. And Senator Thune introduced the Food and Energy Security Act, their approach to drive down inflation. Uh, what's Senator Thune and company looking to do? 
So basically, this this bill that he dropped would would prevent any of the regulatory actions that this administration or any administration is trying to to take if the inflation is higher than 4.5%, which we've seen, you know, inflation 7%, we've seen as high as 9% in some of these recent numbers. And so basically saying, hey, you can't, you can't take these actions on the regulatory side of things if, if the cost of doing that is going to impact and, and further hurt when inflation is already hurting U.S. consumers. And so this is, you know, just a way for the Republicans to try to say, hey, we, we don't agree with some of this ESG, the environmental societal governance actions that are being taken by this administration. And if you're going to take those, you need to make sure that they're not harming, further harming U.S. consumers if inflation is already hitting them high. So this is just another, uh, you know, this is just introduced. Uh, there's there's nothing that, no action that it's likely going to be taken up on the floor. But again, Republicans are trying to also make inflation an important issue on, on what they're trying to convey and protect the U.S. consumers from what they're seeing, which, you know, food and energy, right? We're all seeing higher food prices. We're all seeing higher gas prices. Even if gas prices have come down a little bit, we're still dealing with really high, high costs across the board, everybody. That is true, but might not see any action on that bill from Senator Thune. Jackie, I did want to ask before we let you go about the bill from from David Scott. They're the House Ag Committee chairman. He's been looking out for livestock producers, particularly smaller cattle producers. He's introduced this bill to do a couple of things different, particularly with LRP. Jackie, what is uh, David Scott bills looking to do? Yeah, so the Small Family Farmer and Rancher Relief Act, obviously, and you and I have talked about this a lot, there's been a lot of focus on uh, market transparency and some of the uh, concentration within the markets and how animals are marketed. And and so we've had quite a few bills on both sides. And and this is actually something that's um, trying to help those producers who have 100 cattle or less. And you mentioned the livestock insurance program and and part of this would give a premium discount to those ranchers who have 100 cattle or fewer Um, and then also setting up an indemnity program if that price spread uh, if there's a lot of volatility in that and they're they're you know find themselves on the wrong side of that Um, so that's that's one component of it is that trying to provide some discounts on the insurance side of things and then also trying to provide some grant money for marketing meat and doing some things to kind of prop up some of those smaller producers. Uh, you know, he, he quoted that 17,000 uh, ranchers were losing every year. And so this is a way to help protect some of those smaller smaller producers. You know, tomorrow, actually, I've, I've got a, a, another call with, um, he's got a press gaggle specifically on this bill. So I'm kind of anxious to hear some more details. He had mentioned it a couple of weeks ago that they were working on it, but actually the N- National Cattlemen's Beef Association was not included in any of those discussions. And so I think there's still a little bit of reluctance, uh, reluctance from those in the industry on, on what this really would accomplish and, and whether it's needed or it should be structured differently. All right. Lots still to come in a busy election season from Washington, D.C. I know Congress has been working on something related to cattle. It'll be interesting to see if if uh, Representative Scott's bill can get some traction. Jackie, we'll be watching your writings for additional updates on that bill from David Scott after you learn a little bit more at the press gaggle. In the meantime, thank you so much for joining us today and for filling us in on the issues important to agriculture in Washington, D.C. Very good. Thanks, Mike. And folks, stick around. We'll be back on location here in Cedar Falls with our friends from Anuvia. We'll be talking to Mason Meyer, a salesperson from up in Charles City, when AOA returns. Hi, this is Mike Pearson. You're listening to AOA, Agriculture of America. Don't go away. More AOA coming right up. As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end. The good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives with your gifts. Your heart could keep beating. Your kidneys could keep filtering. And your intestines could keep on digesting for others. And that's not all. You can improve the lives of 50 more people as an eye and tissue donor. Restoring sight and health. And you're not just helping out the person receiving the transplant. 
you're touching whole families with your life-saving gift. Register in minutes. Just go to organdonor.gov. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, someone else will be happy too. Sign up today. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Hey, Dad. Your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad. Your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey. Why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Choose the proven performance of the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, featuring high-yielding Extend Flex soybeans and the exceptional weed control of Extend to Max herbicide with vapor grip technology. Elite genetics, triple herbicide tolerance, flexibility that delivers results, backed by 25 years of innovation. That's the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, the system of choice. Extend to Max is a restricted-use pesticide. Always follow stewardship practices, all pesticide label directions, and check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state. They say if you listen hard enough, you can hear the corn grow. It's true. When you're out in the field, you understand its challenges and what it needs to thrive. Channel Seedsmen bring insights from the field to our team of Bayer plant breeders. Their knowledge inspires our product development. From your best ground to your most challenging conditions, our products are designed to perform in your fields. Visit ChannelListens.com to see our latest innovations. Always read and follow IRM where applicable. Grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. This is Around the Table, where we explore the benefits of cooperative ownership. Today, we're talking with Crystal White, CHS Animal Nutrition Consultant, about senior horse nutrition best practices. Crystal, thanks for joining us. Yes, thank you for having me, Mike. I appreciate it. Crystal, how do nutritional needs of horses change as they age? So as they get older, um, we've got an eruption schedule, a teeth, so their teeth change. They have metabolic issues. We see a lot of that. Um, they get into some joint issues. They're in their hindgut, their ability to um, ferment fiber actually decreases. Their small intestine, it's hard for them to digest protein. They get lower body condition score, muscle. And so from a nutritional standpoint, you know, we need to make sure that we're focusing on a good senior horse feed that's going to be high in fat and high in fiber to kind of make up for some of those issues that we see with senior horses. Crystal, how does limited hay availability affect feeding plans for senior horses? With 95% of their diet actually being a long stem fiber, so hand or pasture, uh, we're seeing out in the country the quality of hay that's being put up and the availability of hay that, that we can't find really hay. And so that is actually going to affect the diet quite a bit because of the fact that since it is the basis of the diet, horse owners are seeing the struggle to even get hay. So there are some things that they can do, you know, if they can find a good digestible fiber pellet. So we offer a couple of those and we can also do, you know, like some beet pulp, some shredded or pellets and also, you know, like alfalfa pellets and everything like that. So they can make up for some of that digestible fiber that they are lacking from not being able to find the hay in this drought situation. That's Crystal White, CHS Animal Nutrition Consultant. Crystal, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. And thank you for joining us here around the table. Learn more about the benefits of cooperative ownership at cooperativeownership.com. You're listening to AOA, Agriculture of America. This is Mike Pearson, and you can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Information farmers and ranchers need to know. AOA. Now back to Mike Pearson. Welcome back to AOA, ladies and gentlemen. I am here in Cedar Falls, Iowa on the hashtag 
fer a future of fertilizer tour with my friends from Anuvia. And I tell you, I apologize. My brain is a little scattered. The sun is hitting my back. Oh, it feels so good to be working outside. Joining me for this segment is Mason Meyer. He's a technical sales rep for Anuvia based up in Charles City, Iowa, where he was born and bred. Mason, before we get into the technology and the product and the, the future of fertilizer, give us an update. How are crops looking up in Northeast Iowa? Yeah, well, thanks for having me on the show here. Crops in Northeast Iowa are looking amazing right now. We really could use a rain, uh, but I think it really just tests out to our genetics on the in the fields right now and the fertilizer and the nutrient plans that we've all put together this year that, you know, the crops are still going to make it this year. They look great, but we really could use a rain right now. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think you're the only place that could use a rain. <laughs> yes. I know a lot of folks out there are looking for a drink, but Mason, you're not here to talk crop conditions in Northeast Iowa. You're here to talk about Anuvia and the products like Simtrex that you have been working to get into the hands of farmers up there in Northeast Iowa around Charles City. Talk to me about how that's gone. How many farmers or, or have you worked with a number of farmers already who have applied Simtrex on the field and have gotten some data? Yes, we have. And we've worked with uh, the sales territory up here in the upper Midwest. We've worked with farmers in Iowa, Minnesota, the Dakotas, in Illinois as well. Uh, we're working with great farmers and retailers throughout this, the upper Midwest, and we're really just looking forward to the future that this new XP product that we have launching uh, and see how we can provide value to them. You mentioned providing value. I've heard that come up so many times. And folks, as we're sitting here talking, we have farmers coming in. These field of uh, future of fertilizer tour events are, are you know really designed to get you in front of the folks who are creating this product, behind this product. And, and I apologize, Mason, I got distracted. We got a crowd building <laughs> up do, over here. Do. That's pretty exciting. So no, I'm curious about adding value. When you talk about a product like Simtrex, for the farmers you work with, how do they find it adding value to those acres? Yes, exactly. So uh, really our goal is to add value to every single acre that Simtrex has put on. And if that's either cost effective, being more efficient because it's a plug and play technology, uh, the the slow release, the long-term release of the nutrient value throughout the growing season as well, and the less leaching, working on the sustainable side of things as well. We just want to add that value to each and every acre that it's put on. And that less leaching, you know, as you think about the pressures being applied to agriculture from the political world, a lot of it comes down to keeping additional nutrients out of the water supply, and that's certainly true in Northeast Iowa. Do farmers react to that? They like the idea of keeping that nu nutrient on their acre rather than seeing it wash into a creek either because it hurts the fish or it hurts the bottom line when it's doing that, Mason. It really does. And really, that's what we're trying to, our goal is here. We want the farmers to be happy and we also want the consumers of Iowa to be happy as well in the Midwest and the world. Uh, so that's what we're just trying to affect here. Talk to me about this next year, Mason. You're getting ready, ready to get back up there. Harvest will be underway in Northeast Iowa before too long. Are you going to be out there working with your growers to see how yields looked at harvest and, and to button up this growing season? Yes. Yeah, so last fall, I was fortunate enough to get out and about in the in the upper Midwest, uh, riding some combines, riding some spreaders as well uh, later in the fall, and really get to see the hands-on product and the Simtrex being. Uh, being put on and applied. And it was really just mind blowing just seeing how effective and uh, honest these people are, you know, they're on their likes and dislikes of the product. But really we're looking forward to that this fall as well, getting the combine rides and seeing what the producers and the growers like about our product and their dislikes as well. Well, I wanna ask you one of the, the questions that we've, where one of the things we've talked about a lot today has been the plug and play nature of Simtrex, the ability to just work it into your existing fertilizer system. Is that something you're hearing back from growers? Has it worked the way you'd hoped? They like that plug and play aspect. Yes, yes, they really do enjoy the plug and play aspect. Most of this gets broadcasted in the fall or either in the spring, but we have some really good studies and trials out this year, deep zone banding that product right in the, right in the row there, and we're looking really forward to those results this fall. So that'll be coming this fall. Yes. And I imagine you've got more fun uh, research projects cooked up for next year, don't you? Yes, Dr. Dan Freilich has all those planned out for next spring and he's very excited. He'll talk your ear off on that. <laughs> and looking over here, I can tell he is doing that already with some of the folks who have gathered for the Future of Fertilizer Tour here in Cedar Falls. Mason, before we let you go, obviously it's a new new product. We're incorporating advanced microbials, which is a still relatively new technology in agriculture. Farmers, I imagine, have some questions about this. Both it's efficacy, its cost, and how it'll work in their rotation. What's the best way to get those answered? Do you call you in person? How do you go about, how do you go about communicating the story of Simtrex, or are you going to be at any shows uh, later on this year? That's a great question. If a farmer really wants to contact us and figure out more about Simtrex, I would recommend going to our website, Anuvia Plant Nutrients, 
uh, talking to their local retailer, and we can get in contact with them. And we will also be at the Farm Progress Show at the end of this month, early September. Uh, myself, Brett, Hugh, Dan, all of us will be there talking about Simtrex and just promoting it. And let's just make a point, because when we talk about going to the Farm Progress Show, it's a fun event. I've gone for, gosh, almost 35 years I've been going to Farm Progress. But one of the coolest things about it is you get the chance to meet the deciders. You get the chance to meet the folks who are higher up in these organizations. And I think it's worth clarifying. You mentioned Brett Bell is going to be there, Executive Vice President of Sales. You mentioned Dr. Dan Fralick going to be there, the head of, of uh, product development for Simtrex, the guy who understands all mm -hmm. the science. And Hugh McElivery, President CEO, is going to be at Farm progress. Mason, how is it working for a company like that where you've got connections to the CEO just there coming at, at, at Boone? That's got to be pretty neat. It's very neat uh, talking to anybody. You can talk to Hugh or Brett or you can talk to me. I'm more of the boots on the ground game, but really, you talk to any of us, we'll have a great conversation, we'll get you hooked up with Simtrek, and there's a chance to win 100 acres of free Simtrek each day at the Farm Progress Show as well. Ooh, 100 acres free Simtrek? We could apply that. Mason, remind me, corn, so, uh, co soybeans in the future, cotton, sugar beets, what Rice. else am I forgetting? Rice? Rice, yes. Man, a lot of opportunities. Mason, one more time, before we let you get out of here, for those listeners who are curious about Simtrex, maybe they want to think now about incorporating it into next year's fertilizer program. What's the Anuvia website? One more time. AnuviaPlantNutrients.com, or you can contact your local retailer and we'll get in touch with them. And can we find our local retailer on the website? Yes, the retailers that are using our product will be on their website as well. That is amazing, folks. You need to get on there. Check that out, AnuviaPlantNutrients.com. We've been talking to Mason Meyer, Technical Service Rep. Mason, thanks for having us out today. Yeah, thank you. Go Cyclones. <laughs> He's a recent Cyclone graduate, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in to AOA today. I'll be here all day with the Anuvia Future of Fertilizer Tour, and they've got several other location or, uh, dates coming up. Check out that website and tune in tomorrow. We're going to talk to our friends from the National Corn Growers Association to look at the demand picture for corn in the monthly grind segment. Have a great day, everybody. This is Mike Pearson. Thanks for listening to Agriculture of America. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Are you looking to improve crop nutrition and soil health? Anuvia Plant Nutrients is holding several Future of Fertilizer field tours across the Midwest. The first tour stop is Cedar Falls, Iowa on Tuesday, August 2nd, where Agriculture of America will be broadcasting live. The tour continues in Farmer City, Illinois on August 3rd and Sheridan, Indiana on August 4th. For more information on dates and locations and to reserve your spot, visit us at FertilizerTour.com. That's FertilizerTour.com. Join us every Tuesday for Around the Table, brought to you by CHS, as we discuss how cooperatives support farmers and ranchers and build strong communities. Each week, we'll chat with voices from across the cooperative system. From global market access to local expertise, we'll explore how co-op ownership means you own a world of opportunities. Tune in on Tuesdays or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more.